Jesus prays for joy made complete. And the psalmist pens, make me hear of joy and gladness. Gracious God, brighten our hearts' eyes to see you today. Open our minds' ears to hear you today. Emboldened our lives to love and serve you today as I speak to your children. Amen. Please be seated. A couple of days ago, I received a text from an old buddy in Northern Virginia. He was comparing the status of the gas situation there, and possibly here, to that of the toilet tissue situation early in the pandemic. In the midst of ever-changing and charged times, it seems as if our most carnal instincts to hoard, to preserve, come into the fore. On top of this, it seems like we are in a perpetual state of confusion and malaise with things changing minute by minute, second by second. Sometimes it feels as if we are on a roller coaster at Six Flags, especially when we hear the CDC changing guidelines rapidly and waiting for our states and our local government and perhaps our church to make the necessary adjustments. Many of us are on this roller coaster and we're gasping for air as we are being propelled ever forward and then jerked backwards. One thing that I have experienced during these times is feeling very irritable and frustrated. These emotions are caused by the constant ping pong that's being played out in our world. My assumption is that many of us, many of you, are experiencing this emotion. Quite honestly, it makes sense. It makes sense because we have been locked up in pandemic and the news varies each and every day. This condition does not occur because we are inherently bad people. However, this malaise, this frustration, irritation occurs because most of the time our emotions are rooted in fear. If you feel that you are lost, confused, in a daze, consistently wondering, asking questions like, is it okay to hug again? Or must we continue to do the jazz hands? Believe me, you're not alone. You are not alone. These are confusing times. There's a lot of uncertainty, and that can be overwhelming. Jesus petitions God in our gospel today for joy made complete. The deeper meaning of the specific word used by Jesus for joy is the ability to face whatever the world throws at us with the assurance that we are a child of a loving God. It is a charism. 
an effect of the work of grace. This joy is not self-sufficiency. It's not finding your own bliss as if we have the potential to find happiness solely within ourselves. Jesus' use of the word joy is different from happiness, for he does not invite the disciples into a happiness project after prayer. Joy is the experience that despite getting knocked down, we get up again because we know that God walks with us. In our first lesson, we read that the apostles gathered in the upper room, for they are sheltering in place. It's a time of relative uncertainty. Fear caused by uncertainty manifests in different ways. There was a leadership vacuum because of the betrayal of Judas the traitor. Someone that they had thought was with them. Someone they thought they knew. Someone who they broke bread with. That person who sold the master out. And I am quite sure that they are quite suspicious about any leader, any leader who would be called to fit that slot among the council of the disciples. A second cause of their fear is the confusion surrounding ascension, the ascension of Jesus a few days prior. Immediately before Jesus ascends to heaven, the uncertainty comes out. For 40 days, these followers of Jesus experienced the presence of Jesus among them. Their political situation and what is happening in the world outside their gatherings is rather perilous. Yet their minds and their hearts are light during these 40 days because they see Jesus among them. Looking for a glimpse of certainty, they asked Jesus before in Acts chapter 1, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? When they experienced the immediacy of Jesus' presence at that moment, the disciples, like many of us, tend to look at life through rose-colored glasses. They seem to have forgotten about the incoming persecution or the death and resurrection of Jesus that happened just a few days before, because now they're focusing on their immediate need. I can imagine the disciples thinking, will normalcy as we experienced for the past three years be restored? Will the goal that we set out for, the goal of a new kingdom, a kingdom of justice, peace, and the integrity of creation be achieved now, because, Jesus, you are here with us? In the midst of these questions, Jesus gives them a promise and a sense of mission. The promise is the gift of the Holy Spirit, while the second is a life full of purpose. Without the purpose of the Holy Spirit, they will not be able to live into their purpose of being his witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God's enduring presence is needed in all of life's situations, in the hard times, and yes, in the good times. In the valleys of the shadows of death, which they will be confronting, as well as the mountaintop experiences when we feel joy and happiness. 
These disciples and all of us are assured of the Holy Spirit, who is called the Paraclete, the Comforter. This guiding spirit will enable them to discern their path and select another disciple. The experience of joy that Jesus talks about is perhaps what St. Paul reminds his flock in the midst of imprisonment. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the midst of imprisonment. Rejoice in the midst of persecution. When you feel pressed down and shaken, when the world as you know it is shaken, when you feel anonymous, hidden, even then you are invited to carry the light of Christ's eternal joy and peace within your heart. It's like a reservoir, a tank that you can use to draw from in the midst of any situation, particularly in the midst of despair in your lives. Amidst all this confusion, it is the prayer that Jesus offers that we read in the gospel for the disciples and all of us who claim to be heirs of that movement for joy to be made complete. This joy that Jesus prays is not following your bliss of the hero's journey. Rather, it is an experience of deep encounter, an encounter with life's reality, the variables, the ambiguities, the confusion pointed towards the hope that, that amidst this journey towards eternity, we are guided by a power that is infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. A power that not only is present within us, but continues to sustain us. As Archbishop William Temple once wrote, It is the joy of unbroken communion with the Father, the joy of the world that moves us from selfishness and mutual destruction towards that of abundant life. This joy is not external happiness, nor can it be the product of circumstances, but it is the state of a soul that is filled with life and unending peace. Such joy is the state of blessedness, and even though it goes through the stark winters that this world offers, bearing fruit in due season with leaves that do not wither, because the tree that is our life is planted by the streams of eternal water that flows because it is nourished by the currents of faith and hope. As Jesus prayed, may we experience joy made complete, a joy rooted in a vision of eternal life, lived purposely amidst the variabilities, the vagaries of this life. So, beloved, today, I invite you to identify where do you feel depleted? Which areas of life do you need to allow God to work on? Where do you need to allow God's comforting spirit to nurture you? Where do you need to feel the reassuring hand of God that amidst life's fears and instability, you are not and will never be alone? It is my prayer that this day, that joy and peace resides in your heart, that you may receive abundance through grace and a life of goodness 
as you desire to follow the commands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.